Hi, and welcome to Creating a Life You Love with Adriana. My name is Adriana, if you don't know me already. And today I wanted to talk about a very important topic, whether you are a new believer in Christ or whether you are not yet, or if you're strong, very strong in your faith. This is a topic that is so important. So recently I've been in a very difficult season in my life. And the only thing that has saved me during this time of suffering is my relationship with God. And I know we might hear that a lot, like, oh, a relationship with God, but what does that really mean? What does having that close relationship with God look like? Well, if you think about a friendship with a friend, the way you become close with them is by being in communication with them, by talking with them, by sitting with them and really getting to know them. And that's very similar to God because while we cannot sit face to face to him for the most part, we do need to be able to communicate with him daily in order to grow that relationship. And the way we do that, the primary way is prayer. And so these past few weeks that I've been really struggling, I have been making it a priority to pray. And now during my Christian walk, the past two years, I've really been serious about God. But I haven't always made it a priority to pray. I'll make up excuses like, oh, I can pray later, or I'll just say a quick prayer, or oh, I prayed with my friends um, last week. And I'd always make up those excuses. And it wasn't until these past few weeks that I realized how important it is to pray every single day and pray with intention. So I wanted to first talk about what even is prayer? Why is it important? Because it may seem like one of those things that doesn't make sense. You know, if we have this all-knowing God, he knows what's going to happen in our future. Why do we need to pray? Why do we need to ask him for what we want? And I feel like that's a common misconception with prayer is that the only reason we pray is to ask God for what we want. That is not the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is, well, there's a lot of different reasons, but prayer is really a form of serving God. Prayer is really a form of worship to him. And so when we're praying, it shouldn't be out of a selfish interest of trying to deceive God or manipulate him into getting what we want, but instead it should be handing it over to him, realizing that we don't have control and just giving that to him. And then God also commands us to pray. All throughout the Bible, we see how important it is to pray. So if we look at Philippians 4, it says, um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as long as as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, Philippians 4, chapter 4 is such a great chapter. Definitely recommend reading. But we see here that we are supposed to pray about everything. We're supposed to tell God what we need. Now, what we think we need isn't always what we need, but being in that close communication with him can also grow our relationship, our spiritual relationship with him. Just like I said earlier about communicating with a friend, 
by praying with God, you're deepening that bond. And another reason why we should pray is because Jesus prayed. Jesus in Mark 6 goes out of the crowd after he was done feeding the 5,000 and, or over 5,000 and performing that miracle. He leaves the crowd, goes on a mountain and prays by himself, gets in solitude and prays. And so if Jesus, the son of God, had to pray, what does that say about us who, (laughs) you know, are living in this world and face temptation, you know, struggle with sin, maybe. What does that say about us? How important prayer is for our lives. And then prayer is also important for different decisions that we have to make. A lot of times our minds cannot wrap around certain situations that are happening. And even though, you know, there can be great resources to go to, friends, counselors, whoever it may be, God's wisdom is so vast that going to him in times of difficulties, you know, whatever you're needing is just so beneficial. And this is actually really interesting, but just in the last week, I think it was, I heard Andrew Huberman, who is a neuroscientist, he has a podcast, he's very, um, very knowledgeable on all things mental health and talks a lot about physical health. And um, he was talking on a podcast this weekend about the power of prayer. And for one, I thought that was so amazing that a scientist talked about his faith in God and about how prayer has helped him so much. He actually talks about how, you know, even though counselors and therapists and, you know, different mental health resources can be great, there is nothing, nothing like going to God in prayer and having that peace. And he talks about how the things he cannot resolve on his own, bringing that to God has just given him so much peace. And so to hear someone, you know, talk about that, that is so popular um, in society and who I've listened to for a long time to get information about, you know, the brain um, is just very powerful. And so that was kind of I was praying about, you know, what to do this podcast on. And after hearing that, I was like, wow, I feel like I need to talk about prayer because it's been so, so um, important in my life, especially recently, and clearly very beneficial in other people's lives um, as I talk with my friends and, you know, anyone really um, in my circle. Now to go back to the importance of prayer, um, I think a lot of times Um, At least I used to think that, well, I'm not going to pray for this certain thing because if it's God's will, he'll, he'll give it to me, you know? And while that is true, I think it's also true that prayers that are unprayed are prayers unanswered. So in Mark 7, 26 through 30, it talks about how a woman prayed for her daughter who had basically demons, evil spirits inside of her. And if she had not prayed and showed that faith, then her daughter would have never been healed. And so it's just so powerful to see how different things in my life that I've prayed for. Um, recently, I prayed for God to strip things away in my life that I was relying on more than him. And he did. He definitely did do that. He um, well, didn't give me peace about a relationship I was in. And 
without praying that prayer, maybe I would have missed what God was telling me after I prayed that. Maybe I wouldn't have been as aware of, oh, I don't have peace in this relationship, so things are going to have to end. You know what I mean? And so while that decision was neutral, it's just fascinating to me that if I hadn't prayed that, I might have been more resistant to that decision. And then there's there's so many amazing things that come from praying, but to highlight one last one, when we pray, we can be given the strength to resist temptation if we pray specifically for that. So it says in Matthew 26, 41, keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So I've talked about a lot in uh, the episode, The Enemy Within, about how when we walk by the flesh, which is our body and our earthly desires, worldly desires, we are going to fall into temptation and give into that and fall into sin. But when we walk by the Spirit, we're going to see what God is telling us, see what he's revealing to us, and we can be able to resist that. And like it says right here, we need to pray and keep watch, you know, but praying is just so powerful in times like that. And speaking about temptation, there was a time where I was really struggling with temptation. And oh my gosh, this <laughs> is very, very common in in my life. But this particular time, I was praying to the Lord to help me resist this temptation. And then later that day, I was listening to a podcast that talked about how Satan was trying to tempt Jesus. And we see that in Matthew 4 and then some other places as well. But when Satan was tempting Jesus, Jesus quoted scriptures. And Satan actually knew the scripture in the Bible, but he twisted it and left some things out. But because Jesus knew more than him, he was able to quote scripture and basically cast Satan away. And so when I heard this, I was like, wow, that's, you know, really, really interesting. And when we pray, we're not always going to receive an answer in the moment. I know some people who have heard an answer from, you know, a booming voice, or they, when they're praying, they feel an answer with the Holy Spirit nudging them and telling them, you know, which direction to go to. But a lot of times when we pray, it might take a little while to get that answer. And that's when that faith and patience comes in. So for me, it was later that day I heard that and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I didn't fully realize like, oh, that was an answered prayer. And so later in the week, I went to a church service and they talked about exactly that, how we need to memorize scripture. We need to know it like the, the palm of our hand so that when temptation does arise, we can memorize and repeat those scriptures aloud and remind ourselves of, of that. Exactly. And, um, I often have people, you know, ask me, like, I just, I don't hear from God. How can I hear from God? And there's so many different ways that God speaks to us, but the way that we can show him that we want to hear from him is by praying. And so 
he can speak to us through other people. You know, maybe a friend, you were praying a prayer and then a friend comes up to you later that day and talks about something that you were praying about. You know, how would that person know unless you had prayed and God maybe put that into their heart to tell that to you? Um, we can also, you know, see things um, online, maybe like a podcast or on social media. Maybe God can even work through that to tell us what we need to hear in an answer to our prayers. Um, and then God can also work in ways through the Holy Spirit inside of you that's like nudging you. So I know recently, actually, I was reading my Bible and my friends were um, getting ready to go to sleep. And I was staying over at their house and um, I was going to continue reading my Bible. I didn't really want to like talk. I was kind of tired, but I got this nudge from the Holy Spirit telling me to go pray with them. And this nudge from the Holy Spirit is something that you can't really push down. If you do, you're going to feel that. It's not even a nudge. It's like a push. Like before you even know it, you're saying the words, we should pray together like right now. And Sometimes it's a little bit awkward to pray out loud with your friends. I was never like accustomed to that. And so recently I've been trying to make that more of a priority. And so the Holy Spirit saying that to me, I was like, oh, like I'm kind of tired right now. I don't really feel like doing this. But the Holy Spirit was like, just go, you know? And so sometimes it's that inner feeling. I didn't hear a booming voice from the sky, but I heard God speak to me inside of me. And it obviously was not my own thoughts because that's not something I would think of on my own. It's not something I would willingly want to do. Um, it was definitely something from the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we really have to listen. And the way that I know what the Holy Spirit sounds like is by praying. Um, because when you do pray, the Holy Spirit is working through you. So I know another thing people are like, I don't even know what to pray for. Like, how do I start a prayer? And the Holy Spirit will guide you. If you are coming from a place of faith, a place of trust, your your heart is in the right place. You're not praying out of vain or out of pridefulness, but you're praying out of like, Lord, I give you control. The Holy Spirit is going to work through you and can give you the words to say, even when you, you know, don't even know what to pray for. But something that can help is what Jesus talked about in Matthew and if you grew up in a church at all, you probably know about the Lord's Prayer. And I grew up in Episcopal Church, and we repeated this prayer all the time. But for me, I thought this prayer was all I had to pray. I didn't think that I had to pray outside of this. I thought this is what I had to do. But if we look in Matthew, we see that this prayer is not something that is saying this is how you should pray all the time, every day. But instead, Jesus says, pray like this or pray in this way. And so I'm actually going to read that right now. Okay, so we see right here in Matthew 6, 7, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. And so when it says, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do, Jesus is talking about, you know, don't repeat endlessly mindless words. You don't have to say like an X number of prayers to get right with God. Instead, it's about where your intention is coming from. 
You know, like what is the heart behind what you're saying? Do you actually realize what you're saying? If you're talking with a friend and you know, you're kind of listening passively, talking passively, not really comprehending the conversation and getting into it, how is that going to grow your friendship? Same way with God. If you just repeat endlessly, you know, whatever words um, (laughs) come to mind, not through the Holy Spirit, what is that going to do? What good is that going to do? And I'm not saying it's wrong to come to God with the same requests, but we shouldn't just carelessly say things just to say them. Now, to go on in verse 9, Jesus says, pray like this. Now, he doesn't say pray this prayer. He says pray like this. So we see that this is an outline for how we should pray. So this is how he starts off with. He says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us for our sins. As we have forgiven those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now I have the NLT translation. Um, I like to go between different translations. I didn't grow up with this translation. So this Our Father prayer is a little bit different to me, but, um, but I want to go more in depth with this outline and really break it up. And I actually learned this a few months ago um, from my church talking about how to pray. And while I kind of already prayed like this, it just serves as a really good outline of, you know, what we can do when we have no idea how to pray. Maybe you're a new believer. Maybe you haven't come to Christ yet. And you're just wondering, like, what the heck do I do? So let's get into that right now. In verse 9, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. We see in verse 9 that Jesus says to, you know, worship and praise God. So for me, when I'm praying, this looks like praising God and, you know, thanking him for what he's done in my life. Now, another thing I want to add before getting too much into this is you might have a different way of praying that works best for you. And that is completely okay. This is just kind of like an outline of what you can do if you don't know how to pray. So anyway, back to this. So first, thanking God for what he's done, praising him, worshiping him. And then from there, we go into asking for God's will to be done. Now, what I do when I pray after I'm, you know, thanking him, I move on to the things that I'm struggling with in my life. And then I ask him for his will to be done in these areas, because even though I may think I know what's best for myself, I know that he knows what's best for me. So for instance, when I am praying for healing in my body, which I honestly wasn't very good at at first because I got so complacent with the pain, um, the back pain, the neck pain, joint pain, I was just so complacent with it. And so I was like, you know what? I just don't even want to pray because, you know, what good is it going to do? And I kind of had a hardened heart towards that. But now what I do is I, you know, tell the Lord how I'm struggling. He wants to listen to us and wants to hear what we have have to say. And so I, you know, tell the Lord how I'm struggling. And then from there, I, you know, ask him, you know, if it is your will for me to be healed, please heal me. But if not... Please lead me and help me to go where you want me to go. I don't want to stand in the way of that. So remove me from trying to, number one, make things worse for myself. And number two, 
go down a different path other than what you want for my life. So you'll see in um, verse 10, it says, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, you know, we're telling the Lord, like, you know, I don't know, I do not know what is best for me. I know you know what is best for me. So please may your will be done in this certain situation. And then this prayer goes on to say, give us the food we need and forgive us of our sins. So this is where asking God, you know, what we need, what we, well, what we think we need, what we want, um, and then repentance comes in. So like I said earlier, asking God for healing. Um, and then recently a prayer of mine has been asking God to open doors that he wants me to go through and make it very clear to me that I have to go through that door. So clear that there's like no other way. And if there is another way that he shuts that. I've prayed that he takes away my desires, any distractions in my life and have my eyes set on him. And while it's very easy to, you know, pray for things out of vain, um, you know, I've prayed before, you know, Lord, please give me, um, a relationship. You know, I want to be in a relationship with someone. I want to feel cared for. I want to feel loved. Um, while it isn't a bad thing to pray, where I was coming from was a place of loneliness. And because I was coming from a place of loneliness, I don't think God was going to give that to me at that time because I needed to fully rely on him before getting in a relationship. Um, I'll pray, you know, the things that I want, the things that I need, but I think a lot of times we have to keep our minds open to the possibilities that the Lord could have for us. Maybe you want to be in a relationship, but God has plans for you to do something big, to help like this generation or to, you know, have this um, business that you build from the ground up to help other people. And so maybe what you want isn't what you need. And then we go on to where we ask for forgiveness of our sins. Now, God has already forgiven us. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Jesus died on the cross so we didn't have to do animal sacrifices anymore like we see in the Old Testament. Um, Jesus died on the cross so that we could come before God blameless and holy and so that God could forget our sins. We see in Jeremiah 31, 34, it talks about how the Lord forgets our sins. And in other verses, many other verses, it talks about how he has no record of that. And it's because of Jesus dying on the cross. So while our sins are already forgiven, the whole point of repenting is acknowledging, you know, God, I sinned. I did this today. And I'm asking you to make this temptation kind of go away so that I do not have this next time. And now this temptation might not go away, but the Lord may help you through it if you're walking by the spirit. If you're walking by the flesh, you're going to fall into temptation. But if you're walking with God, he can help you get out of that temptation. So there are probably many sins that I have forgotten to you know, tell the Lord that I don't even realize that I've done, but the Lord has already forgiven me. So the whole thing of repentance, I know there's a lot of different schools of thought on this one, but for me, the whole thing of repentance is, you know, telling God, I'm sorry I did this. You know, I'm repenting of this. I want to leave this sin and I want to come to you. Now, does this mean we're not going to ever do this sin again? It might come up in our lives again. And I found that 
sometimes that sin does come up again. But it's making that constant effort to repent and turn away. Because another thing of repenting is you're turning away from that sin. So if you're repenting, but still putting yourself in scenarios of, you know, going to parties, um, maybe getting drunk and doing things you really shouldn't be doing, and that are not going to lead to that peace. Um, if you're living in that, but yet repenting, you're not really repenting because you're not running away from that. And then we ask for strength during temptation. Um, I think this is just so important because in our daily lives, we are going to see that temptation. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to touch on the fact of what prayer shouldn't be. I kind of already said this, but prayer should not be a means of trying to get God to do what we want. While we can bring our requests to him, he sees the plan for our lives. We don't see that overall plan. Because God's wisdom exceeds our own. We just do not see the full picture. And so when you're praying, really great to keep in mind that although you may think this is best for you, God sees the overall picture. So I hope this outline kind of helps paint a picture for you. I wanted to go in a little bit more detail on where I pray, when I pray. Um, Typically, I, well, a few, I'd say a few months ago, I started making prayer a serious thing to do at night. So every night, or almost every night before I went to bed, I would play the piano and sing my prayers. I don't know if anyone else does this, but I used to sing a little bit when I was younger and then kind of fell away from it. And I'm not the best singer in the world, but I can sing okay, and I can play some chords on the piano. And so what I'll do is play some chords that sound good together, just, you know, maybe three different chords on the the piano, and then, or my little keyboard, and then I'll sing as I'm doing that. And sometimes I've just been able to do that with my eyes closed because I just memorize, you know, where the keys are. Um, And it's just so powerful because it takes me into this whole nother space to where I'm shutting out all distractions and all I hear is the music and my voice. Um, I have kind of gotten really good at just praying on the fly when I'm singing and like kind of rhyming in a way. Honestly, it's, it's not even my own doing. I think it's just the Holy Spirit working through me, but it really just helps me stay in that focus. And I can pray for like 20 minutes, just playing different keys. Um, so that's how I was praying at night. And I always made the excuse of in the morning, I was rushing out the door. I was too busy to pray. And I just made that excuse a lot. I told myself that I couldn't sit for too long in the morning because my back would hurt and I needed to get to the gym right away. And so then I told myself, okay, Adriana, if your back hurts in the morning, right when you get up, let's try, you know, getting up, getting out the door. And then before you go inside the gym, praying in your car. So that's what I started doing. And that was great. You know, that was excellent. Um, That was a step in the right direction. But then I still had that feeling of being rushed. I wanted to run in the gym. You know, I wanted to get in there. And I also didn't feel like I was totally in, in private because well, you know, all the cars around you and distractions. So it was sometimes hard to focus. Um, When I say pray in the car, I mean the car is parked, (laughs) not not driving, but can definitely pray while you're driving as well. Um, But to focus, I would close my eyes. But um, that started to not work so well as my, you know, main prayer in the morning. So what I've been doing recently 
is first thing when I wake up, I start reading my Bible. Then I journal. And then I end with prayer. And I pray on my knees right on this this couch. And I'm on my knees with a blanket over my head. It might sound kind of silly, but I really think it helps just remove distractions, you know, the light, anything that's, I don't know, it just really brings a sense of calmness when I have a blanket over me. Um, And so I do that, I don't know how long the prayer is, maybe like five, ten minutes. And and to go over a little bit more how prayer looks like for me recently, I start by praying and thanking God for this time of suffering. Now that may sound a little bit crazy. Like, why are you thanking God for suffering? Well, I'm thanking him for that because it's brought me so much closer to him and it's revealed my eyes to so many things. It's given me a new passion for life. And no matter how hard it is and how difficult this season has been, how painful it has been, I am so thankful to the Lord for allowing me to go through this suffering because I can see the fruit that it is bringing. So that's what I start off with praying with. And then I I tell God how I'm struggling. I tell him, you know, straight up and honest. I'm like, you know, yesterday was really difficult. I was um, really in a lot of physical pain. And then I thought about my relation, my past relationship, and I was really hurting, dear Lord. And, and you know, so I I tell him what I'm feeling. And then I ask him, I'm like, you know, Lord, I know that this is so difficult right now, but I know that your will is is going to be done. I want your will to be done. And I do not want anything that's not from you to come into my life and take over and for me to chase it. You know, I want only me to chase things that are from you. And I've been chasing, but instead, have you bring it to me? You know, whatever you want me to do, Lord. And so that's what I'll I'll pray. Um, I'll pray for him to remove desires from my heart that are of this world and to instead put desires that are from him. Um, and then I move on to pray for other people. That's another piece. Um, when this talks about um, the outline of praying, you know, give us this day our daily bread or give us, you know, this food, it says us. And so it's so important to pray for other people. I'll ask my friends how I can pray for them. Um, you know, anyone, maybe I just meet someone random and I, I want to pray for them. Um, and so I'll pray for other people and I'll pray for myself and I'll, and I'll always end with, but you are will be done. I know your plan is greater. I may want these things in my life. You know, I may want to go and have this career. I may want to have this friend, but I know your plan is greater. And so I'm going to trust you and please remove any expectations from my heart that are preventing me from seeing your plan and which, you know, road to go down. Um, so that's really how I pray. And then I'll, you know, end it by thanking God again, um, asking him to keep me from temptation and then any sins, you know, asking him to forgive me, you know, I'm really sorry, Lord, I'm, I'm running from this temptation. I'm running from this sin. And then I will say in Jesus name, amen. And it's so powerful because we see Jesus Christ as, you know, the mediator between God and us. And then the Holy Spirit inside of us is what is giving us those words to say and oftentimes telling us what we need to pray for. 
And then we have God, who we are praying to. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Um, and we have that, that Trinity here. And so, yeah, so I'll have my prayer in the morning, have my prayer at night, and then throughout the day I'm praying too. This may not be as focused because I have work and I have things I'm doing, but you can pray with your eyes open when you're driving. You can pray when you are, you know, working on your computer. While it's so important to have those intentional prayers where you block out all distractions, it's also great to be in communication with God throughout the day. You know, maybe someone upsets you and you're, you know, holding back your tongue and you're, you're like, Lord, please give me the strength to, you know, just to hold back this tongue um, <laughs> and not say anything that I'll regret in the long term. So prayers can be quick. They can be simple like that. Um, kind of like a, a friendship, you know, sometimes it's just a quick text like, hey, how are you doing? And then we also know we need to have those conversations that are more deep, that are more meaningful and less surface level in order to keep that relationship going. So it's very similar with God. We can have those times where we talk to him throughout the day, but we also need those maybe even set times where we're devoting to him and nothing else. Um, and another way that I've been... Um, doing more recently is praying with friends. And so I mentioned earlier, the Holy Spirit told me to pray with my friends. And I think it's so easy a lot of times to keep your relationship with God and your relationship with friends separate. God is so good and brings so much peace in my life. And so to keep that out of my friendships is such a disservice to me and to them. It's not seeing that potential of that friendship. And when a friendship is centered on God, it is just so incredible. And I don't mean centered on God in the way where, you know, you both have your own studies and then you come together and you don't really talk anything about God, but centered on God in the way that, you know, you can go to them and say, oh, I just read this in scripture or, oh, we should read this passage together or, oh, we should pray together. Or what do you need pray prayer for? What do I need prayer for? You know, just really bringing God in that, that friendship. And obviously the way you do that is, you know, you both are on your own spending time with God and then you can come together. And this should be the same in a romantic relationship too, where, you know, you have your time alone with God and you can come together and talk about it and bring God in that relationship and make him first. And so I think a lot of times um, I have kind of neglected the power of prayer with other people. Um, and then it tells you Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says, um, again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my father in heaven for where two or three are gathered in my name. I am there among them. And so that's just so amazing to see. I remember the first time I read that verse, I had just prayed. And after I prayed, I got this strong conviction to open up the book of Matthew. And so, you know, I'm going in Matthew and I'm like, okay, God, like, where do you want me to go? And this only came because I prayed and then the Holy Spirit worked through me and said where to go in the Bible. So I'm kind of flipping around. I'm like, hmm, okay, where can, where can I go in here? And then I see it and I read it exactly that verse. And I was just praying in that prayer about a decision I had to make. I wasn't sure what to do. And the answer to that prayer was to pray with the person I had to make the decision with. And that brought clarity to the situation. And so it's just so powerful. Number one, how I prayed that and then an answer was given right after. And if I wouldn't have prayed, that answer wouldn't have been given. 
And number two, the fact that it says, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my father in heaven will do it for you. Now, when it says anything you ask, there's other verses in the Bible that talk about, you know, we're not talking about foolish things here. Like not talking about like, oh Lord, I really want this um, like new outfit so I can like look really popular. Like not like that, but asking for things in the Lord's name, asking for what you need with him first in your heart. The Lord judges your heart. So he can see what you're thinking. He can see why you're praying that prayer. Um, but I just think it's so powerful here. It says, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. And this just shows the importance of fellowship and community with believers. And so I just wanted to leave it at that. But overall, prayer does not have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be this thing that is so confusing. And I hope I could kind of simplify it for you. Um, definitely read the Lord's Prayer and see how it's structured. Um, and so you can use that as an outline in your own prayer. Like I said, you don't have to pray like that every single time. I don't think there are some times where, you know, you're just maybe in agony, you're crying, you're having a breakdown and you just need to call out to the Lord. We see that all throughout the Bible, um, you know, especially in the Psalms, David is just crying out to the Lord, explaining how he's suffering his pain. And so it doesn't have to be this cookie cutter prayer. Um, that is just an outline of something that you can do in your daily life, morning, noon, night. And um, I actually had someone give me a verse that came to her mind as she was speaking to me about my life. And it was in Psalm, let me see where it is. Yes, it's in Psalm 55. And it says right here in um, verse 16, but I will call on God and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, night, I cry out in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. Um, and then it goes on to say, he ransoms me and keeps me safe from the battle waged against me. Though many still oppose me, God who has ruled forever will hear me and humble them. For my enemies refuse to change their ways. They do not fear God. Um, and then it goes on to say later down in this chapter, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Um, and, you know, this is David calling out to the Lord, um, asking the Lord to hear what he is saying and bringing those prayers to him. Um, and so I wanted to point that out as well, where it says morning, noon, night, constantly being in prayer. And so you're not always going to want to pray, but it is so important, so beneficial. And the peace you have is like no other. And so if you really do want to create a life you love, and by creating a life you love, I mean a life of peace, a life of fulfillment, a life that you love because you have God's love. If you really want to create that, then prayer needs to be a priority in your life. And I'm not perfect. I'm still working on it. But these past few weeks and past month, really, making prayer a priority has changed my life for the better. And that's how I've been creating a life I love even in the midst of pain.